Hello and welcome to Better Work Days, a show dedicated to helping everyday professionals create better days at work. I'm your host, Andy Morrison from Real Custom Training, where we design and deliver professional development workshops that are relevant, engaging, actionable, and lasting. Each week on Better Workdays, we'll be taking a look at a specific concept, skill, or story that we use in our workshops. We'll make sure that they're easy to understand, fun to learn about, and most importantly, that they can be applied immediately in the workplace as soon as you finish the episode. Thank you for joining us. It's time for Better Workdays from Real Custom Training. Hey everyone, welcome to episode two of Better Work Days from Real Custom Training. I'm your host, Andy Morrison. First and foremost, I want to say thank you to folks who gave us some positive feedback about episode one on fixed versus growth mindset. I'm especially appreciative of our existing clients and customers who reached out to tell me they shared the link to the podcast internally at their company so that everybody in the organization can utilize Better Work Days as a learning resource. That that means the world to us. Our mission with this podcast is the same for all of our workshops. We want to provide a relevant, engaging, actionable, and lasting learning experience. We want to be a resource for folks. So it really means a lot when we hear that the podcast is already being utilized exactly the way we hoped it would be. For episode two, we're in the world of conflict resolution. One of the most important areas that we help people develop knowledge and skills in is conflict resolution. And specifically today... We're going to look at the four core types of workplace conflict, because sometimes people can have a misconception about what conflict resolution and or what conflict in the workplace really means. Uh, we have a 12-hour conflict resolution workshop that we run here at Real Custom Training. And sometimes when I talk to companies about that offering, uh, I'll hear responses kind of along the lines of, oh, we don't really need that. Nobody's fighting here. You know, we all get along here. And that's good. I applaud that. I hope everybody gets along with the folks they work with. Um, but even the folks that love each other and like each other in the, the workplaces that are like a family, they are still going to have conflict. Conflict does not necessarily mean a knockdown, drag out fight amongst coworkers. It can be a lot more nuanced and a lot more subtle than that. It usually starts in a much more subtle way. And if not addressed properly, can lead to those outright battles that we tend to think of as conflict. So it's really important for individual contributors and especially for managers to develop conflict resolution skills because like so many of the things that we help people develop here at Real Custom Training, conflict resolution skills are essential in the modern workplace, but we do not necessarily get taught these things and we're not given the opportunity to develop these skills in traditional academic programs. That's the skill gap that Real Custom Training helps close with our conflict resolution in the workplace workshop. And that workshop starts with this topic, the four core types of workplace conflict. Once you recognize these four types and the increasing complexity among them, it can make it easier for you to start building your conflict resolution skills and knowing when to apply what skills to what type of conflict. So as always, when you're talking about things like conflict, it's super important. Let's make sure we're working with a common definition of conflict. Because like I said, sometimes the, the common perception of it is that it means an outright fight. And that's not the case. When we talk about conflict in our workshop, here's how we define it. Conflict is the existence or perception of a threat to one's needs, wants, and goals. Okay? Anything that gets in the way of your needs and wants and goals is a source of conflict. Whether it's actually getting in the way or if it's just perceived to get in the way doesn't matter. 
even that perception creates the conflict. Now, how does this manifest in the workplace? So let me ask you this. What's the most common threat to your needs, wants, and goals at work? All right, pause it if you need to. Take a couple minutes to reflect on it. And once you do, I think you'll agree with me with this answer. The most common threat to your needs, wants, and goals is other people's needs, wants, and goals. That is the heart of conflict. If you want and need something and somebody else wants and needs something, and in order for you to get what you want, they can't get what they want, and in order for them to get what they want, you can't get what you want, that is conflict. And we see this all the time in the workplace. Think about budget season, okay? Everybody's fighting for resources, right? If you can't get the resources you need for your department, because another department head is vying for the same resources and there's only so much to go around, that is naturally going to put you at conflict with that other department and that other department head. Doesn't mean you don't like them. Doesn't mean you, you don't get along. Doesn't mean you're fighting in the hallways. But it means a conflict does exist between the two of you. Anytime someone's needs and wants get in the way of someone else's needs and wants, you're dealing with conflict. It's really important to have that definition of it when you start working on your conflict resolution skills. Now, here's a scenario we'll we'll use to frame the rest of the conversation today, okay? How many times have you seen at work, Department A goes to use a conference room, Department B shows up at the same time and wants to use the same conference room? Pretty, pretty common occurrence, okay? Now, that, again, is creating a conflict. Department A needs that room. Department B needs that room. They can't both use it at the same time. That's a conflict. Perhaps they address it amicably, but if it keeps happening, you're going to end up with folks screaming at each other over who gets to use the co conference room and who doesn't get to use it. So oftentimes, it's important to recognize, yes, conflict can start in subtle ways. It doesn't mean people are screaming at each other, but if it's not handled productively, and if it's not addressed, then it can lead to that outright conflict that we typically think of when we think of conflict resolution in the workplace. Now, let's use that same scenario, okay? Department A needs the conference room. Department B needs the conference room. And let's say for the sake of this, this discussion, Department A is led by Rocky. Department B is led by Grace, all right? And we're going to use that as the framework to look at the four types of conflict. Now, the first most common type of conflict is called situational conflict. This means the parties are in conflict over an issue, a problem, or a barrier, okay? So that means it's more circumstance than people that are causing the conflict. So in our conference room scenario, it could mean that uh, both Rocky and Grace used an internal booking system to book that conference room for their respective departments. And there's a glitch in that software which told both of them, yep, you've got the room at 2 p.m. on Tuesday, and they both show up at 2 p.m. on Tuesday, and they both need the room, and only one of them can use it. That's a situational conflict. It was the glitch in the software, okay? It was an issue or a barrier that caused the conflict, not necessarily the people involved. It was the circumstances. The next type of conflict is a behavioral conflict. This is when an individual is engaging in ineffective behaviors. Now, I would say keep in mind with this, ineffective behaviors are exactly that, ineffective behaviors. They can be well-intentioned, they can be negatively intentioned, but it doesn't always mean someone's acting maliciously or that they're trying to cause conflict. 
It just means that their behavior is causing the conflict, whether they meant to or not. So in our conference room scenario, perhaps Rocky tried to use that software and he did it wrong. Okay. Or he misinterpreted the message, didn't realize that it was already booked and showed up. And Grace, who used the system and used it properly, was already in there running her meeting. That's a case where Rocky's ineffective behavior, his, his inability to properly utilize the booking software led to that conflict. That would be a behavioral conflict under those circumstances. Again, same scenario, department A, department B, both need the same conference room at the same time, but depending on what's going on with the people involved and the circumstances, it could be situational or behavioral. Now, this third type of conflict is where things can get uh, muddier, okay? Philosophical conflict. This is when the parties are operating out of deeply held, conflicting beliefs. Now, let's say Rocky, who's running Department A, maybe philosophically, Rocky disagrees with the very notion that a conference room needs to be booked ahead of time. Maybe he likes to be able to jump in that conference room at a moment's notice because he's been talking to his employees. They're, they've got a great idea cooking. They want to get in the conference room, get the whiteboard, get the flip chart, start brainstorming. You can't plan these things, folks, okay? Uh, and Rocky's philosophy is that when 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 the juices are flowing and the creativity's flowing, we got to get in that conference room. Uh, booking software be damned. That's Rocky's philosophy. Grace, on the other hand, may have a very different philosophy about what's appropriate when it comes to booking the conference room. She might believe, well, it's a limited resource. The only way to do this is through the booking system. I'm sorry, if you didn't book it through the system, you're not entitled to use it. So there you can see, again, the same scenario. They need the conference room at the same time. But if it's a phil philosophical difference that's leading to the conflict, then it's a whole different way you have to deal with that and try to address it. And lastly, an emotional conflict, okay? Uh, in modern, uh, the modern way I've heard people put this is people will say, boy, that sounds like a you problem. That's them basically saying, that sounds like you're acting out of an emotional conflict, okay? That's when an individual is acting out of his or her own inner emotional turmoil. So maybe Rocky's going through a rough divorce and he's just mad all the time and he's taking that out on people and he takes it out on grace when her department tries to use the conference room at the same time as him um, maybe grace has things going on in her life where she's feeling a, a particular lack of control over things and it's manifesting in the workplace as her getting particularly possessive over the conference room and when it can be used and when it can't be and and she'll be damned if she's going to let someone walk all over her and tell her that her department can't use it at 2 p.m on tuesday because they need it this is the type of stuff that's difficult to sort out. And let's look at how difficult each of these four types of conflicts can be to sort out. Now, if you're not watching the webinar, if you're listening on the podcast, okay, I want you to envision an arrow going from left to right. Uh, and this represents a spectrum of difficulty for these conflicts. Now, on the left side of the arrow, low stakes, easy to resolve. These are the conflicts that are low stakes and they're relatively easy to resolve. And that goes all the way to the other end of the arrow, the other end of the spectrum to high stakes, tough to resolve conflicts. And let's look at where our four types of conflict fall on this spectrum. Now, all the way to the left, the lowest of stakes, the easiest to resolve, the situational conflict. Rocky's group shows up for the conference room. Grace's group shows up for the conference room. Let's say you're their manager. They both report to you. They bring this conflict to you. You find out the software is glitching. You fix that glitch. 
problem solved. It won't happen again. Situational conflict, low stakes, easy to resolve. Now, the next step to the right, behavioral conflict, little more difficult to solve. Let's say you find out Rocky tried to use the software and he just can't seem to get it right. And it's creating these conflicts with Grace's group because they keep going to use the conference room at the same time. And it's Rocky's just not figuring out this booking system. That's more difficult to solve because it's not just fixing software. It's fixing a person's behavior, which is one of the fundamental challenges of leadership and management, getting Rocky to recognize Rocky. You got to start using that program properly so that this conflict doesn't keep coming up. The next step, philosophical conflict. Boy, what do you do when the conflict over the conference room is because Rocky is a freewheeling creative type and Grace is a bit more buttoned up and controlling and likes to follow the proper procedure at all times? Much more difficult to solve. But anyone listening to this who's in a management position, I'm sure you've run into that where you've got a conflict over something like a, like a conference room. But really what the conflict is, is between two philosophical mindsets. And then lastly, the toughest, the highest of stakes and the toughest to resolve is the emotional conflict. When, when people are acting out in the workplace because of some inner emotional turmoil, that can be much more difficult to solve. And these episodes are short and sweet, so we're not diving into how to solve these. But my takeaway for you is to just reflect on this of how easy a situational conflict can be to resolve and how difficult an emotional conflict can be to resolve and everything in between. And keep in mind, People battling over a conference room, it's not going to be the same every time that scenario comes up. Could be situational, could be emotional. Depending on which one it is, you're going to need a whole different tool set as a manager to address that conflict. And that's why whether you do it with real custom training or through some other provider, I encourage anyone, work on your conflict resolution skills. Take a workshop with us. Take a workshop with anybody out there develop these skills. It's going to help you create better days at work. Okay. When you learn to resolve conflict productively, you're happier in general. All right. And as a manager, it's essential. You will sink or swim depending on the strength of your conflict resolution skills as a supervisor, manager, or leader of any type. If you're in Northeastern Connecticut and you want to work on conflict resolution skills with real custom training, I encourage you to visit our website, realcustomtraining.com. You can check out our upcoming events page where you'll see in March here in Putnam, Putnam, Connecticut at our training center, we'll be running our four-part conflict resolution in the workplace series. I strongly encourage you to check that out. If you're listening from beyond Northeastern Connecticut and you're still interested in working with us on conflict resolution skills, go to the website, realcustomtraining.com, find the conflict resolution workshop page, and you will be able to click on a link to submit a form to let us know, hey, we'd like to attend, but we're in Delaware. We can't make it all the way to Connecticut. Let us know. We'll book it online for you. We can hold any of our workshops online, okay? But the most important thing, whether you do it with us or you do it through any other provider, you cannot neglect conflict resolution skills. They are key to success in the modern workforce, and they are a key part of creating better work days. Thanks for listening. <laughs>